0: Good evening welcome to E-Bible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Revelation. Tonight is study number 33 of Revelation chapter 3. Let's begin by reading verse 17 and 18. Because thou sayest, I am rich and increase with goods and have need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked, I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire that thou mayest be rich and white raiment, that thou mayest be clothed, and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear, and anoint thine eyes with eyes of, that thou mayest see. Now, again, we've been going through um, verse 17, and we've seen how these are all spiritual things, that God is looking at the condition, the spiritual state. ...of a person who thinks they're saved but is not actually saved. And we looked at wretched and miserable, poor and blind. And now we're going to look at blind and naked. The Bible identifies sight with seeing or understanding truth. When a person can see spiritually, according to the scripture... It means they properly and correctly understand the teaching of the Bible. And, of course, that would mean that they're truly born again and a child of God. And they have been granted life. And what comes along with life is sight and hearing and the ability to walk and everything else. And this is spiritually uh, what sight is. Blindness would be... Contrary to that, it would be a lack of understanding truth. It would actually be ignorance, to be ignorant, um, unlearned in spiritual things, to not be able to rightly discern the teaching of the Word of God. This is blindness. And that's why we can look at today's church the, the modern church our our present church, and we can see what they are teaching and we would be amazed, we would be astounded how can they teach such things? How can anyone teach that that uh, a woman is to be a preacher when the Bible clearly says a woman is not to teach and and yet the church today. It um, does a few little maneuvers, uh, a few turns here and there in the scriptures, Avoids certain things, emphasizes other things. And there you have it. Well, yes, we can have a woman pastor. Yes, we can have a woman elder or deacon. And really, all that is a testimony to is that particular church's blindness to the truth and then you have churches today that um, are getting in with this whole push to have a gay marriage, and they they say, well, the gay life um, is just like any other life, and and God loves them as well as anyone else. Of course, God can love a homosexual as well as anyone else if they have been saved and if they've been saved they would turn away from that sin like a sinner would turn away from any sin that he or she is involved in and they would want nothing further to do with it but the church today it it uh well really it's sleight of hand it's um almost like magic and and they turn the scriptures where god speaks of such sin as abomination, and they somehow manage to say, well, uh, God accepts and and, uh, all types of loving relationships. How can this be? There's only one possible answer. That church and all churches that go along with it are blind. They are blind to truth and we could just go on and on providing examples of churches that are involved in tongues and charismatic happenings and and believe that God is talking to them today in a dream or revealing a vision to them churches that believe that God is healing supernaturally and and that the pastor can touch someone and impart some of the power of God to heal an individual. And how can these things be? There's only one solution, and that is the church is blind. They have lost sight. They are in darkness. They are in ignorance when it comes to the true teaching of the Word of God on these points and many, many, many other points this is what God is saying here to the Laodiceans. And and this applies to all churches throughout the church age and, and now to all churches at the end of the church age. In the day of judgment, you you think that uh, you're rich and, have, and you have need of nothing and you, you fail to know. See how it, it's uh, a problem of knowledge and know us not that thou art wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. You don't know. You lack understanding that you actually are blind. And once we uh, see uh, what God is saying here, and we look around at the church today, we uh, really are comforted and helped to see, well, this is why... All these things are happening. There is a darkness, um, a spiritual blindness that has overcome the churches and congregations of the world. And of course it has, because the Spirit of God, who is light, has departed from them, leaving them in the dark. And and so they cannot find the door to heaven, uh, and, and they cannot discern between right and wrong good and evil they cannot discern between truth and a lie they they are uh, just like a blind person if if you were to put a blind person in a unfamiliar room they would stumble around they would walk into things and and they would not be able to see of course and that's exactly how the corporate church is with the word of god they stumble around on its pages in the darkness of their own mind and they cannot see the light that shines forth they cannot uh, make distinction between something god has said and something he has not said and and this results in all of the various doctrines that the churches are putting forth today. And and it's a sorrowful thing. It, it's a grievous thing. Well, it goes on to say, um, you know not, you're wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. So let's discuss nakedness a little bit before we move on to uh, the next verse. And in the Bible, nakedness points to sin being exposed it's really remarkable when adam and eve first sinned they ate of the forbidden tree that was the law of god uh, the only law that we know of that god gave them they were not to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and and of course they disobeyed that law and we read in genesis 3 in verse 6 and when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. And the eyes of them both were open, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together, and made themselves aprons. Isn't that amazing! That Adam and Eve had been without clothing all their days from the time they were created. But as soon as they eat of the tree, as soon as they transgress the law of God, as soon as they commit sin, what is the first thing that they realized? They realized they are naked and we have to cover ourselves. And so they sewed fig leaves together to cover their nakedness. And, and you see that's because God in the Bible. Associates physical nakedness with spiritual nakedness. Their sin has exposed them to the wrath of God. And instinctively from the very beginning. Man realizes I must cover my sin. I must do something I must provide some sort of covering for this sin because there there is a gaze of the almighty that God in heaven has seen my sin and because of my sin he will destroy me he will he will kill me and and I must do something to cover it so God doesn't see it and Adam and Eve instinctively knit together these aprons and it was just a a physical reaction to what had happened but it really speaks volumes spiritually of what is going on in the minds and hearts of men in the lives of sinners once they sin man attempts to cover his sin he may uh, try to deny it. Oh, I'm not a sinner. I'm I'm basically a good person. He may turn to religion to cover it, to other religions, uh, and do all that they require in order to uh, uh, have a right relationship with the God that's referenced in that particular religion. He may even turn to Christianity, and develop a doctrine that covers the sin, such. Um, A wonderful doctrine for covering sin is the free will gospel all you have to do yes of course you're a sinner and your sins are exposed to God and you're under his wrath and you'll certainly suffer and die if you, you don't do something you need a covering you need the covering of Christ and the good thing is that Christ did die for sin and shed his blood in order to cover sin. All you have to do is accept him. You, you see it's the same old thing. Right from the Garden of Eden. You, you do a little bit of work. Whether it be knitting together an apron. Or saying a few words of acceptance of Christ. and And then you put that covering on to protect you. So now your sins are no longer exposed well that that's it doesn't work it it never has worked there's only one true covering, and that's the covering of the Lord Jesus as he did die for certain ones, his elect and and those individual sins he took upon himself, and salvation is the applying the application of the sacrifice of Christ to a particular person's life. That is, Christ died for all the elect from the foundation of the world, but the unfolding of history is taking that information as the gospel goes forth into every generation of time throughout the history of the world, and God sending forth his word to apply the blood of Christ to this one who was born in, in in this time and another born in another time and so on until finally all of those elect have the blood applied like Hyssop applied the blood of the Passover to the doorpost and, and that provides the covering so that the wrath of God passes by and will not slay the individual who doesn't have the blood applied to them. And that that's the Bible's idea of spiritual nakedness, is to have our sins exposed. And the gospel of the Bible is to cover over sin. That's one way of looking at evangelization of the day of the Lord, the, the day of salvation. It was an intense effort to cover the sins of, of spiritually naked people so that God would not see their sins exposed and, and have to pour out his wrath as a result. Now, having a right understanding of this spiritual picture helps us when we come to Matthew 25 and we read in verse 32 of the Lord Jesus, and before him shall be gathered all nations and he shall separate them one from another as a shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats. And he shall set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come, ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was a hungry, and ye gave me meat. I was thirsty, and ye gave me drink. I was a stranger, and ye took me in. Naked and ye clothe me. And it goes on to say here, the righteous say, Lord, when saw we the a hundred, uh, when saw the, we the a stranger took thee in or naked and clothed thee? And verse 40, and the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, inasmuch as ye have done it unto one of the least of these my brethren, ye have done it unto me. That is Christ, is is looking at those that shared the gospel looking at those that brought the true gospel and as a result of sending forth and carrying that true gospel in the world spiritually naked sinners who happened to be God's elect heard and had their sins covered that's what Christ means i was naked and ye clothe me, and and that is pointing to his body, as all of the elect uh, make up the body of Christ. That's why he says, "If you've done it one of the least of my brethren, ye have done it unto me." And this is what uh, those in in uh, false gospels and those in the church today have failed to do; they have not covered the nakedness of Christ. Now, once we understand that biblical principle, some interesting passages begin to make sense. Uh, for instance, in in Genesis chapter 9, after the flood, we know the Bible tells us that Noah began to be a husbandman. And and that's an interesting occupation because John 15 says my father is the husbandman. So, right away, we wonder, well, could Noah be a picture of God here? And actually, the answer is yes. And But we would never think that because of what we read. Let's read this in Genesis 9, beginning in verse 20. And Noah began to be a husbandman, and he planted a vineyard. And he drank of the wine and was drunken, and he was uncovered within his tent. And Ham, the father of Canaan saw the nakedness of his father and told his two brethren without. And Shem and Japheth took a garment and laid it upon both their shoulders and went backward and covered the nakedness of their father. And their faces were backward and they saw not their father's nakedness. And Noah awoke from his wine and knew what his younger son had done unto him. And he said, Cursed be Canaan. A servant of servants shall he be unto his brethren. And he said, Blessed be Jehovah, God of Shem, and Canaan shall be his servant. Now here we we find that this is a true historical occurrence, that very unusual. It's, it's just describing the time when Noah got drunk, and he was laying there naked, and one of his sons, Ham, saw him naked and, and told his two brethren. And then the two brethren, Sham and Japheth, took a garment and very respectfully and, and very honorably walked backward so they would not see their father's nakedness. And they covered their father. Now keep in mind, what does nakedness have to do within the Bible? Well, it has to do with sins exposed. And, well, was Noah, he was naked, were his sins exposed? No, because here God is painting a picture. Noah's a husbandman. Noah, therefore, is a type of God himself. Just as, but does God have sins that that need covering? Is God naked and have sins exposed that need covering? Well, remember what Jesus said, that when you go forth and you clothe the naked, my brethren, you clothe me. And, and here, that's what's in view. Noah's a figure of God, and his nakedness is pointing to the elect that, that are out there born in, in time, in various generations, and who need covering. Now, him, he was at fault because he did not cover his father's nakedness. He didn't lift up a finger. The only thing he did was tell others about it. And and you see, that, that means he himself did not cover it. And, and that's why Jesus actually finds fault also in the parable. In Matthew 25, that's describing the day of judgment and the separation between the sheep and the goats. He first blesses those that he says covered uh, those that were naked, and then he turns his attention to the rest in verse 41. Then shall he say also unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was a hungry, and ye gave me no meat. I was thirsty, and ye gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and ye took me not in. Naked, and ye clothe me not. Uh, you see what results? When Christ says he was naked, that is, his elect were out there in their sin prior to salvation, and you did not bring the, the true gospel to them. You were not concerned with their covering of their nakedness. You left them naked. You left their sins exposed. And and they're my brethren. It's as though you did it to me. And so we have a blessing and a cursing in Matthew 25. Exactly as we have here recorded in Genesis 9. Shem and Japheth who took a garment. And went backward. Covered the nakedness of their father. And Noah blessed them. Blessed be Jehovah God of Shem. And Canaan shall be a servant. And God shall enlarge Japheth. Because they covered his nakedness. Their pictures of the elect. The true believers. That, that have carried the true and faithful word of God. Into the world. Which sought out those lost sheep and found them sought out the naked and covered them and ham and canaan are a picture of those that do not cover the nakedness of god and they are cursed as it says in verse 25 cursed be canaan a servant of servants shall he be unto his brethren and this is a Very early historical parable pointing to God's overall plan of sending forth the gospel into the world, which will cover his nakedness and of those that fail to send forth that faithful word and and the blessing and the cursings that result. Well, when we get together in our next study, we're going to. Look a little further into what the Bible has to say about their father's nakedness, as we saw here in Genesis nine that Ham saw the nakedness of his father that's that's a very important phrase and and we're going to um, see how this relates to Reuben and also the the firstborn of Israel, Jacob, and also uh, we'll see how it fits together with an unusual passage in the New Testament in First Corinthians chapter five, where there was a man who um, went into his father's wife and committed fornication with her and God has some uh curious things to say about that, but we'll see how these passages do tie together, and that the the whole thing relates to the gospel. As, of course, that is the Bible's overwhelming concern.